Thanks so much, Tanya. You have a great day. Those are today's scratchings. If you're looking for Mwollombar, um, that meeting is the Ballina meeting. That was transferred. Uh, they'd had a bit of rain at Mwollombar, and the track was uh, in the heavy range, so that was transferred to Ballina for racing today. Let's introduce this morning's panel on Punter's Postmortem. We'll get down to Melbourne first and say day to Dean Lester. Dean, good morning to you. How was Caulfield yesterday? Hello, Luke. Uh, it was a pretty eventful day, to be honest. Uh, we had uh, a lot of jockeys stood down with uh, COVID mm. tracings and then uh, a nasty fall with Talia Hope. Good news today that she was discharged from hospital last night and uh, she's okay. But uh, it was an eventful day. But on the course, uh, Marabi stole the show. She's five from five and there's... Just something a bit extra special about her and winning that Christmas stakes yesterday makes her exempt from the ballot for a race like the Ugly Plate. So uh, I'd imagine that's the way she's heading. No doubt she's uh, pretty special, I think, Dean. Uh, got great uh, high cruising speed and you're right, uh, given the complications around COVID yesterday, I'm sure it was just a, a good job to get this meeting run and, and run. Uh, I know we had a few horses that were unfortunately scratched just due to riders being unavailable. Yeah, I think there was two in the end. Uh, there were a few at other venues as well. But, uh, yeah, I think two uh, that they just couldn't uh, find anyone to make the weight or, or actually have a rider left. So it was uh, it was quite a, uh, quite a, you know, a busy morning uh, for, for all concerned. And as you said, uh, they did a good job to, to even get a uh, program run. The world we live in, hey? Mate, uh, did you mm. have a good Christmas? I did, thank you, Luke. Yeah, excellent. Excellent, mate. Let's uh, say good day to Chris Roots. He's uh, joining us from Sydney. Morning, Chris. Morning, Luke. How are you? I'm well, mate. How was your Christmas? Yeah, great. Thanks, mate. And um, a good day racing at Ramwick yesterday. Yesterday was one of those days where results probably didn't go to punters. Way some well backed horses um, got beat, and um, interesting to see Parry Sound step up and and win that Summer Cup. Thought it. It really stamps itself as a big hope at Magic Millions. Absolutely. Let's say good day to Glenn Munsey, who also joins us as always for Punters Postmortem. Good morning to you, Muns. Morning, Luke. Morning, Dean. Morning, Chris. Um, how are you feeling, Luke? A little bit better, a little bit of more spring in the step uh, that you, uh, you you like us here? You've got a negative? Yeah. Mate, uh, chipping away. Um, look, it's uh, it's interesting times, but uh, we just got to get on with it. It's it's nice that we can keep working and and fortunately work from home as well at the moment with the um, the codec etc. So yeah, we're just uh, we're just bad on, mate. Uh, how are you handling it there in isolation? Uh, I'm handling it all right. I'm going for uh, I'm going for test number two today because I'm classified as day six. So I'm looking at the front door. Um, very very promising at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> Well, mate, uh, you uh, you take care and uh, everyone stay safe out there because uh, I know it, it's a little bit frustrating too because the wait times have been pretty crazy uh, with getting those test results and, and some people were, were given negative results and they ended up positive. So it's been a bit of a circus here in New South Wales yesterday. Uh, a lot of people um, being inconvenienced over Christmas. I spent Christmas in isolation, but... It is what it is. Uh, it's the world we live in. But we're going to talk some racing. Take your calls on 13.53.53. And uh, we've got a, a text straight up about this Jackano yesterday, Dean, at Caulfield. A lot of our listeners texting in about this galloper that won yesterday. Were you impressed with what you saw there in race two? I was super impressed, Luke. Uh, I think uh, he's currently second favourite for the Blue Diamond, and that's behind... Uh, Cool and Gatter, and she's very unlikely to run in a race like the Blue Diamond. So uh, I think he uh, 
He's probably the, the top seed down here at the moment. One, it was at 1,200 metres, so you know he can uh, run the trip. And interesting that in his trials, they'd actually ridden him more for speed, and that was my little concern, whether he'd run 1,200. But yesterday, didn't come out great, and he was he, he just sort of lobbed along and looked very lost behind them. But when uh, Luke Curry got to the centre of the track, uh, he really let rip with a big loping stride and, and you know put pay to a... A reasonable field. There were some nice horses in that race, and uh, he won very, very easily. So Mick Price knows his path. He's uh, Blue Diamond winners in the past have always won in late December, freshen up, running a Blue Diamond Prelude, and then the Blue Diamond. He did exactly the same with Sam Reddy and um, Extreme Choice won the English Nursery and then came back and had one run into the Blue Diamond and won. So uh, he, he knows exactly what he, he has to do, and uh, he's probably got the right horse and ridden in that uh, way he looked really strong. A listener Shannon suggesting that Jack and O was even more impressive than than Cool and Gadda. What comparisons can we make between these two two-year-olds, Dean? Oh, Cool and Gadda did a lot of work up on the speed, so her effort was still very good. Uh, one thing I'd say about Cool and Gadda looking at her yesterday is I think she's grown upwards. I don't think she's grown outwards. Uh, I think she's still very much in the maturing phase. Cool and Gadda. Um, but in looking at Jack and O, uh, he's a lot closer to a finished product as a two-year-old now. So uh, they're probably the interesting comparisons you'd take you know, as, as physical specimens. But, uh, yeah, she still you know, did a very good job because it was a race of pretty high pressure and she rode that speed and uh, will be better for that run. Chris, uh, what was your reaction to the win of Jack and O at also Cool and Gatter yesterday? I thought Jack and O was really good. Nick Price, as Dean said, trainers have patterns of how they get to races and if you look at Chris Waller he has certain patterns he uses Jay Pride has patterns for mile races that work really well and Mick obviously he's got this two-year-old campaign out down pattern and you get them up and going in December and then they're ready for that that race in early January mid-February and um, ready for a blue diamond so very impressive win by Jack and I I was a bit disappointed with calling that it did beat a hundred to one shot and Beat it by two lengths. I know there was gaps in the field, but that wasn't the strongest two-year-old race we've seen this this year. And for it to go from go into odds on for a, a Magic Millions, I won't be um, rushing rushing in to take a dollar eighty about about in a in a Magic Millions. Thought um, Russian Conquest was pretty pretty good. Put the winkers on at the Snowdens there in Sydney, and um, now it's two from two. It ran away again. One of those fields that was there probably wasn't a lot of depth to it, but she did she did the job again. And if, if it can get if it can continue to go go forward, I think it's around the ten dollar mark. I'd rather be backing it than pulling her at the moment. Munns, mm. uh, your reaction? Uh, well, she did what she had to do. It was interesting. Um, Kieran Ma's comments there, mainly post race, uh, with the fact that you know he'd left plenty in the tank. Um, she did what she had to do, and it's always the situation there. When you're a dollar thirty-three, uh, you're expected to win and win easily. Um, you know the 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 fact that the, the, the your main opposition was a Kiwi two-year-old who didn't seem to be all that comfortable at any stage of the race back in the field. Bright blue sky, uh, Swiss exile. You know, ran up to sort of where it was the other day because um, Palazzo Spirit was always going to be. Uh, a query at running 1,200 metres, and it probably proved yesterday it couldn't. And it was, and there your four chances. The rest of them were completely out of the race. For example, well, the horse that did run second, Thelwell, it ran fourth in the Palazzo Spirit race 
race the other day and finished two and a half lengths behind Swiss Exile after travelling on speed but off the track. So it was one of those things where you look at it and you're going to compare the times with the, the two open sprint races, which is always a little bit difficult regarding two-year-olds. The fact that J-Mac spent, I'd say, at least 100 metres looking at the infield screen... Uh, I think that's always a very, very good indication that there's plenty left in the tank. Mm. And that would be the case, Munns, because Ma Eustace, they're, they're pretty smart trainers. They're not going to have her screwed right down for this because she's already got enough prize money to make the race. Well, and once again, Kieran said post-race, he said, you know, we brought a away game here last year, so you're talking about patterns with trainers and particular races. He he wants to stick to the same pattern what they had two years uh, away games two years ago? Or two years ago, know, yeah. Yeah, yep. two. Sorry. Um, you know, they, they stick to the same pattern. He said, well, that proved successful. I'll do it the same with this filly um, to run in a race that, that is now, what, three weeks away. And by the way, guys... No, so I, you think it... Sorry, Chris. I was just going to jump in and say, Jackano, he's not a Magic Millions horse. So although we're drawing that comparison, yeah. it's it's just chat. He's he's not actually eligible for the race. More the two-year-old group, yeah. 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 Mm. Yep. Yep. We're talking Colin Gatter one of the best two-year-olds in the country. Um, let's draw a line back to capitalists that won a Breeders, then won a Magic Millions at um, at Wyong. Do we think Colin Gatter is at the same level as capitalist was at the same time in its preparation? I'd, I would say no. I was a lot more confident with capitalists going to the Gold Coast than I would be with Colin Gatter. What do you think, Dean? Is that a fair comment? Or yeah, um, look, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, lining them up, it might, may not have to be. Um, it may well, be just the, one of those the quality. Years. The quality of the race yeah. is not there. Mm. You yeah, know, we, we still had a situation before yesterday where a Kiwi two-year-old was in the top three in the market. Mm. Now the second pick in the market is a horse that before it ran at Wyong was a 200 to one chance. The third yeah. pick in the market is Russian Conquest, who's won a 900 metre race at Newcastle. And it won uh, won yesterday at Ramwick. That was 1,100. But I, I wouldn't say... Well, hard to say, for example, who started one of the favourites in the race yesterday would have been a 50-to-1 chance of the Gula Gatta race. Yeah, and but the other thing is that it's it comes through the golden gift form. You can get the golden gift form from Snitzcat that was was pretty close up in a, a golden gift and probably was beaten three lengths yesterday and beaten fairly easily. And I thought Russian Conquest was given a... Are quite a time at the end because it had done the job. Job. I know it's got to go an extra hundred meters, but the Snowdens—they're they're very smart at getting these two-year-olds to peak at the right time. And I think, I think for Russian Conquest, the Magic Millions might be Grand Final day, where Cool and Gatter might have another Grand Final down the track. Mm. And Snitcat did get beat six by Cool and Gatter its first run in the race. Mm. I'm curious, guys, uh, what the the ratings gurus are, are saying at this stage because Cool and Gatter's rating from Ramwick on debut on my stuff was was pretty good. I think it would be probably one of the better ones, if not the best, Dean, to date, um, the two-year-old performance, that is. Oh, yeah, certainly she had uh, the highest rating going into uh, uh, any uh, two-year-old, you know, from any two-year-old race uh, so far. Um, you know, I haven't seen anything uh, out of uh, yesterday's meeting. I'm just having a, a quick look through... Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It, you know, just uh, quickly looking at a, a set of figures that I used, it wasn't a it wasn't a stunning figure that she ran. That's for sure. Nothing in comparison to what she did on debut. But uh, yeah, it, it comes down to intent and 
they got their prize money up uh, by winning straight away. So uh, now it's just the, the fine-tuning to, to Magic Millions Day, I suppose. I mean, yeah, maybe she's not going as well, but maybe it's just a matter of that they're gonna, she'll elevate off that run. And I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not potting her, Luke. I'm just saying that yeah, she, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think she's a dollar eighty shot in a in in this race. And I think there's other horses there that are, that are better value in the race right now than than what she is at a dollar eighty. And I think come race day, you might find that you'll get better a better price. Oh, absolutely. And if she draws sixteen, well, I mean, she won't be a dollar eighty. You wouldn't think. But uh, just one final one to round out on Cool and Gatto, and I'll ask this to, to all of you. You can kick it off first, Dean, but 1,200 metres, in your mind, she ticked that box no problem yesterday? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first run for, what was it, about 11 weeks or so. So uh, I would think that was, you know, fine. Um, I don't have a drama with that. It's just, uh, yeah, it'll come down to the maybe the vagaries of the Gold Coast and how much she improves off that run. Mm. They did go very, very hard in the first half of that race there. The the two Nisham horses really, really took it to her uh, early um, and ultimately won lead and and then Ryan Maloney had the the sit. So um, um, that was at Swiss Exile. And uh, it it was, uh, as you you said, Munns, when they're $1.30, $1.40, we're looking for them to win by massive margins. But uh, it was a job done yesterday. Yeah, and they it would have led that that race would have led Zoo Styles race by two and a half lengths. Yeah, yeah, the first six hundred. Yeah, wow, that's a that's a great stat, Munns. Um, Chris, you have well, they the ran they ran point four four faster the first six hundred than Zoo Styles race. Okay, I think Good they stuff. they rode they rode Collingwood to. They had to ride Collingwood like that just to keep her keep her out of trouble and. Knowing how good she was, they probably probably went out there with the intent we're, we're not going to get stuck back in the field and have it take bad luck out of the out of the agenda. But this was it was a it was a strong enough win, and as Mum's pointed out, J Mac does appreciate a, a good look at himself at a screen occasionally. So um, when he's looking inside to see where, where everything else is for um, 100 metres, it's a pretty good sign. But just on a price price factor, I I, I couldn't possibly charge into a dollar eighty. I, I I say it should be favourite, but I think there's other horses there that I think next week we'll find out. We'll probably see another couple come out. And, um, I think the market will sort of come to a point where Collingwood might get out a little bit. Yeah, well, in, well, she is a dollar eighty favourite in the in the Magic Millions. In the Slipper, she's a four dollar fifty favourite ahead of Sir Jarden, who's had the two starts for two wins at $9. A sh- uh, Charlatan for Joey Pride's an $11 chance. And then you get to Ebha, who's a $21 chance. And speaking of the Golden Slipper, expect some big announcements today uh, from the ATC regarding million-dollar bonuses uh, for key races on the way to the Golden Slipper. And that is a big announcement coming from the ATC today. So I'm sure Brett that was the That was the announcement made last year, uh, late, earlier in the year, months, where when they announced the $5 million, they just got to announce the races that will carry the million-dollar bonuses. And apparently you're going to have to win two to get the to, to earn the million-dollar bonus. So you're going to have to be an outstanding two-year-old to, to, take, to, um, to win them. And they'll be races in the autumn so they're not races that are already run which um uh, i think you'll find in in time that the races that are already run like a breeders and a gym crack will go into this series but because it was announced so late they couldn't put races that are already won because it gives horses that had won races an unfair advantage sort of 
thing to target target um, the later two-year-old races to get the bonus. Right, well, that could be the announcement today, what the specific races are. And, yeah, yeah I, if I, they've got to win two of them, they'll keep the, uh, the, the two-year-old population in dis- to stay into Sydney, which is a smart move. Mm. <laughs> rather, rather than go to the Hunter Valley. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was thinking to the Blue Diamond months, but uh, yeah, to each their own. What's the Blue Diamond worth now, Dino? Is it, have they put it up yet? Because yeah, that, that, was the, that was that was the um, talk that the Blue Diamond was going to go up significantly, but I, I haven't seen anything on um, it. Yeah, I'm just getting the uh, calendar now, months. Um, uh, Chris, it's uh, well, it's a million and a half, but I think there might have even been an announcement since then. But it certainly uh, at the time of the most recent uh, racing calendar, it was a million and a half. I mean, we're very fortunate here in Australia across all states. Uh, the prize money that we race for, I think, um, it's just fantastic. Let's have a look at this Summer Cup yesterday, boys, at Ramwick. Uh, Parry Sound, Brock Ryan, he, he got a stretch recently, but he's back in the saddle and he rode a double there yesterday at Ramwick. And, it was a bit of a bunch finish, Chris, but uh, he just got that late split through, didn't he? Yeah, he just had. It was just a pretty ride by Brock, wasn't it? He found that he found the found the right right run through them. Whereas um, Creaderis Regan Bayless had it had it revved up and ready to go. I I fell into Creaderis for and caught the Munzee treatment, ran second. So, and, but Chris, um, good just odds, to but... jump in, did he did he give himself up yesterday, or did he yeah. just need it at the trip because <laughs> he he. I think he gave him. I think he gave yeah. himself up here. So I know. I know Perry sounds a, uh, a hard and stayer, but if if you didn't think that horse was home at the, or going to win at the two hundred, yeah. um, and you looked at taking care of the favourite, favourite, and favourite very easily, you you just thought this is this is over. And then a twenty to one shot, Perry sound good horse, but it's now a Group Three winner. Um, it's it's um, it's won its share of races, but. Realistically, I wasn't expecting Parry Sound to come through and knock, knock me off on the inside. Well, I'll ask you a question. Can anyone tell me how Lightning Jack started favourite? Yeah, it's a quick well, question. Well, <laughs> it was it was it was effectively gone at the eight hundred, wasn't it, not? Well, you know, I, 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 it was just one of the wonders of the modern era how it started favourite. Um, it was twenty five to one. Just... It was twenty five to one in a benchmark race last time. Yeah, yeah, and, and it went does this does this just show the Annabelle Nation factor that now people are looking at Annabelle's name and thinking when she gets these imports that she can work miracles with them and get them get them going really well because the money was just endless for it, wasn't? It? Um, I wouldn't say the money was endless for it, but I think it more to do with the fact that um, they ran out of horses in the race that they didn't like um, as as the track dried out all day and very late Stockman was. Well, Stockman was three dollars sixty to four dollars sixty in the last ten minutes. Um, the other horse there, uh, Polly Gray, well, you knew she was going to get out when the track dried out, so she went from being a five dollar chance in the morning to nearly double figures. So, as I said, that they ran out of horses to, to to hold in the market, and it, it being the third pick, basically became favourite by default. Um, but for it to start shorter than Creadiris, I know he was a a risk at the trip and everything like that. But in the morning, I thought Creadiris was going to run favourite. Uh, I didn't think in my wildest dreams that Lightning Jack could possibly be favourite. And, and the thing with Lightning Jack was, he, he it's second run in, second, I think it was second run in Australia, and, you know, often that's a flat run. And I just, I, I could not possibly find it. When I was doing the form, it was one of the first ones that the line went through because I just thought, 
you know, a huge step up in grade and and just couldn't couldn't see see it being in the finish. But I was very surprised when I turned on Sky from the cricket and saw um, saw it its favourite. Mm. I'll tell you what, the winner was a not a bad little sneaky go, realistically, because it went up $51 on Wednesday, was $41 on Thursday, was back to $51 on Friday, and it got into as short as $23 there yesterday. So someone's got a little bit of money out of Parry Sound. By the way, and guys... And its mother, like... Aqua Damore, won this race uh, a number of years ago. It pulled up one out of five lame two Lightning Jack. So he had a little excuse there. And they are Mumsy's wildest dreams, things that are favourite that can't win. Mm. <laughs> he loves them, doesn't he? Yeah. And do you know what? You know, Both of you aren't talking after the fact here because we did uh, the punters panel on Friday and neither of you mentioned the horse once. So um, it's not like you're talking after the fact and being post-race experts here, which you are anyway. But <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Well, the, the, when you look back at Perry Fetch, look, Perry Sounds form. Form you can you can you can draw a line from its last preparation. It's one of these horses that really enjoys a long preparation. But its last two runs, last preparation, were third in a Mekel Cup and third in a Grafton Cup. So, sort of puts it into that race, especially on the limit. But just the t- its two runs this time have just been um, back in the field with big weights. So, it it went down in weight from um, six, 60 kilos down to fifty three. So. Um, if you were a Parry Sound man, which I'm not, um, you could have you could have found it. Mm. Let's get to our first caller, guys. Pat has uh, been good enough to hang on the line there. Morning to you, Pat. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? All right? We're going now, okay, mate. Uh, that, um, we're talking about Magic Millions and the concept of Magic Millions and how Jerry Harvey and Singer turned that around into one of the best sales virtually in Australia. And what... Jerry Harvey has done for racing is unbelievable. I mean, he, he, he owns about 1,700 horses himself. He's got five stud farms, three in New Zealand, two in Australia, and yet there's not a race named after him. You think there, you there think? should be, Pat? You think There should be. I mean, you know, you talk about people doing something for the industry. Who's done more than Jerry? Mm. Pat's got a point, guys. What do you think, Munns? Um, oh, you know, Jerry has done a lot for the industry, but uh, there's a lot of people that say there's a, you know, a, a, a lot of breeders that don't have a race named after them either. Uh, and then uh, on the other hand, there'll be people who say, well, there are breeders that have races named after them. Jerry is, yeah. you know, racing is a commercial business to Jerry, and he puts a lot of money into racing, and he puts a lot of money into puts a lot of money into this station and a lot of other stations. I, I just like to have what they spend on advertising every year. Exactly. Uh, that would do me. I could retire. Um, yeah, but um, I suppose when you look at it, the the benchmark of, I suppose, the respect of someone in that would be, say, a Hall of Fame or uh, that sort of situation there. That's, you know, I, I don't know whether Jerry will ever make the, the Hall of Fame, but, you know, I suppose it's just a, got to do with someone that nominates him. Well, look at the Magic Millions Day itself. How much prize money is on offer now for Magic Millions Day? You know, from your country yeah. cup to your Magic Millions, the three-year-olds. I mean, we're talking $10 million for one day. Well, yeah, but that's only money that's circulated sales, from Jerry. the sales. And that's the yeah, whole I week, know, though. But, I mean, it's... Yeah. But he's the one that's organised it, and he puts on the party, and he puts on the uh, polo. and You know, he's promoting racing. He's promoting racing all the time. And for a man 
you know, I know Jerry personally, and I know he probably wouldn't want a race named after him. But even to say, listen, Jerry, uh, we're going to name a wake for age race after Jerry Harvey or Harvey Norm, whatever, you know. But he deserves I, it. I, I think, I think you, if you say, you know, Jerry personally, I think Katie would take a lot of the credit for the polo and the show jumping oh, and yeah. the events around the thing. And Jerry would probably be the first one to say it's all Katie's work. So, um, but Jerry's, Jerry has done so much for Australian racing that people probably don't realise. And he's a great salesman. Like the Queensland government done chips into this day because it's such a big yeah, the tourism for the Gold Coast yeah. and things yeah. like that. And they've, They've made a day that horses that maybe maybe aren't the top level Group One horses can go and win big big money races, and I think it's been the platform that has given um, Peter Volandis and other racing jurisdictions the idea that if we put money into races, it gives it spreads the money around. And I think that's the great thing about Magic Millions. It's gone from being a one race um, two year old event to a to a day that you can buy a horse at Magic Millions and race there for your entire career, which is fantastic. And if you've got a if you've got the right sort of horse, you can back up year after year at the Gold Coast, especially if you like the track, and take home a good check and pay for your training fee for the year. Thirteen fifty three fifty three is that open line number. Sorry to cut you off, Muns. Um, thanks for your call, Pat. Go for it. I was mate. going to say that that concept was to create. Uh, the market when you they're selling, I think there's oh, it's either twelve or seventeen hundred of horses or something yeah. like that. Um, and the sales, you know, there's book one and there's book two, and they go for a week. Um, by by stretching out the the longevity of horses and the ability for the horses to race on Magic Man's Day, that makes their horses a lot more um, saleable. You're not just aiming at one race one year and one race the next year. You know, you, you've got horses. Well, you know, buffering one a, a magic one of the, I think one of the first years they brought in the the extra races, and you know, uh, those sort of horses you there. Rush, you, yeah. yeah, you've got you've got horses that are you know six, seven, eight year old. They come back to the Millions Day every year to target a particular race because they know um, you've got a concentrated field of where you can draw the horses from, and you're not taking on horses from all around the land, and you're racing for quality prize money. I'll give you an example, Munns. Um, Luke Price um, with Jamea, he sat down after it won, won the Percy Sykes in the, in the autumn this year and said, right, um, what races do I want to go to and what do I need to do with this horse? Now, she was a Group 2 winner at the time. He said, I want to win a Group 1, I want to win a group one race with us. So that was why, in the end, she went, she, she went to a Golden Rose He's, he's earmarked the um, earmarked the surround stakes later in the year, and and the other thing he really wanted to go to was go back to Magic Millions Day and run the Magic Millions Guinea. So he just wanted to find out whether it ran fourteen hundred metres, and that's been the pro programming that's gone on with this horse for the next year. It was done after the after the autumn, and Magic Millions was a centrepiece of that program. Yeah, they're always thinking ahead, these trainers nowadays, aren't they? Uh, let's get to Mark on the line, who's uh, called in. G'day, Mark. Good morning. Uh, What's I'd your like question? to comment on the Summer Cup. It's an interesting race. It has, in its lifetime, uh, gone over as far as 2,600 metres at Randwick and a couple of occasions, uh, 2,400, now back to the 2,000. It's the last genuine handicap held in Australia, my point of view, and it's held in Sydney, 2,000 metres. It hasn't been won by a top weight 
since 1992. That was Leisman, 59 and a half. So to me yesterday, 53 kilos on Parry Sound was a serve-up and not to be missed in light of the fact that it had dropped in weight as much as five and a half, six kilos, something like that. I haven't got the stats right in front of me, but to me, it was there for the taking. Well, well done. And you took it. Did you take the 50s? Uh, No, I just missed that one, but (laughs) yeah. So, Mark, you were just ringing up to blow your trumpet, were you, mate? No, mate, I'm not. I'm just, what I want to say is the way that these handicaps seem to be won in Sydney, the genuine handicaps in Sydney to me are the Doncaster, the Metropolitan, Mm. and the last one of the year is the Summer Cup. If you look back at the history of those races and check the weights of the winners, you'll find that yesterday was a little bit of a gift. Yeah, I understand. And you're right. I, because, think, uh, I think you'll find the Summer, the summer Cup is just done on a benchmark, benchmark rating. So it's one of those ones we don't really have pure handicaps anymore. Like uh, they're always – they use the benchmark as a, as a um, – structure for the races and don't often get away from that so you don't often get the handicapper's opinion in there it's just the just where they sit in a benchmark so they can be be found like that found found down in the weight so the horses that are up in the weights generally have um earned their weight earned their weight on the way through but very well done because that horse was out of the um i think it was out of the handicap on on saturday as well Well, the last two winners of the Summer Cup now carried 53 kilos, Parry Sound and Spirit Widge. Previously, that Lover Lover carried 56.5. Fierce Impact carried 54. Montauk carried 53. Red Excitement, 57. Mighty Lucky, 56. I'm Imposing, 59. And that's the second year in a row that he'd won. The previous year, he carried 55. And prior to that, Lavoie carried 58 kilos. Thanks for your call, Mark. And um, I wasn't being smart when I was saying to Mark about blowing his trumpet. We we encourage that sort of behaviour. I mean, I do it every week when I tip a winner. Let's go to Paul, uh, who's been good enough to hang on the line there. G'day, Paul. Ah, good morning. Um, I was noticing yesterday, Brent Lundsay was mentioning the fact that the father and son rode the Quinella and when was the last time that it occurred? Well... Yep. Uh, just so happened that in the last race at Newcastle, at Newcastle. it happened again. Yeah, yeah, um, and they've done it before. Uh, Andrew Gibbons and also his son Dylan uh, have ridden the uh, Quinella before, but I was referring to happening in the metropolitan area. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't remember. Well, uh, I can't remember Dylan and Andrew riding a Quinella in the city. They may have. They may have done it. I'm not really sure because Dylan hasn't had that many rides in the city. Uh, they've definitely done it numerous occasions. They did it in a uh, cup in once too. Yeah, Muns. Uh, Lismore was it Cup, t- uh, I think. Tun Curry? Lismore, maybe. And that Lismore. was early days too. Dylan yeah. hadn't been uh, riding long then. Yeah. But they haven't that been wouldn't that you many think, farther, wouldn't farther you think Glenn, nominations. Wouldn't you think Glenn would have, would, have, would have loved pulling up and saying to Chad, not yet, not yet, <laughs> you can wait for your next winner? Depends what happened at Christmas lunch the previous day. There might have been a little bit of a payback. I hope they didn't play cricket in the backyard or something, and um, Chad might have given him a bit of chin music. uh, I don't think he's tall enough, Munns. Don't think he's tall enough for the bouncer. Hey, was that well, the banner in the background? A, might have been. The the no more for the favourite there, Muns too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's actually that was actually Jared Daffy. Um, evidently, he's not. Uh, he's on holidays, Daff, and uh, mm. he's uh, making a call well, there regarding something. You can grab him and 
Text him back and say 135353, Daff, yeah. if you've got something to say. Mm. Text him back. He's supposed to be on holidays, Daff, and all he wants to do is email me and call me about things that are happening. So it, it just goes to show we do have attentive workers. <laughs> Let's go to Gerald, who's on the line. Gerald, good morning to you, mate. Morning, fellas. Hey, i got a question that caller rang up about Mr Harvey, and, um, you, you know, everyone loves racing, and... Picture quality. How come Mr Harvey sells 8K TVs, but for the home viewers, the punters, sitting at home on the couch and in COVID, you know, we can't all get to the races. How come it's only central in HD where the other two channels are, like, substandard? It doesn't promote the industry. as not a good look, in my opinion. Well, I'll give you the reason. Because yeah, there is... Hotels Association, there... they're shut. Well, that, that, that is the reason. That is the, 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 they have a, uh, an agreement with the Australian Hotels Association that they have HD in their um, facilities and they're paying a premium for the, the Sky Channel coverage. And the reason Sky Thoroughbred Central is in uh, HD is because it's going into homes only and it's our, supposed to be our boutique and our top-end channel. And that for that is the reason why it is in HD for those people that are at home. Yeah, I understand that. But would you want to promote the industry? Like, but a lot of people have been at home for the last 18 months and every second ad, Jerry Harvey selling the biz, biz wacky do TVs. But if you're only watching that channel, well, it's sort of like it doesn't make me want to go down to the pub to have a bet. Does, well, it, make it, does it make you back a winner? I'll back a few, Chris. I'll ask you a question. Is free-to-air television in HD? Yes. Racing? Yes. On Channel 7? Oh, I don't know because I, I don't watch it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm asked, yes. that's a genuine question. I wouldn't no, know. No, that's 100%. But it is on HD and it's about 20 of five seconds to 15 seconds behind Sky. So if you, you know, want to bet before right on jump time, you'll always miss. It's, about, it's five seconds. I think you'll find that with Racing.com too, because they've got to go through Sky or something to get get the picture the picture out. So I think that I think you'll find that sometimes Racing.com's behind Sky as well. So it's it's it, I don't understand it myself, but it's is Racing.com sort of in delay. HD? No, Racing.com's no. not in HD no. either, and I find it strange because look, you want to promote the industry, you can get the cricket now in eight K. Like you can see the sweat on the ball mm. or the sandpaper. Sounds <laughs> like my settling sheet after a month. Eight, eight k. Yeah. You might today. The English team are waiting on COVID tests. Uh, oh dear. They might have rung their own ones in after the way they played yeah. yesterday. But, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way they're going, it's the only well, thing they, they well, could catch. Well, that, well, they out with a fury jockey some there, Dana. Oh well, I mean the jockeys were in a, I mean, the jockeys were at a funeral. I think that, that that's uh, uh, and unfortunately one of the. Uh, uh, patrons at the the funeral was uh, then became a COVID positive, and then uh, the three of the uh, the jockeys involved uh, have have gone positive, and they were at a dinner amongst twelve of them on Thursday night. And with the racing no racing Friday Saturday, I think yeah. they were probably entitled to let them yeah. dinner. But uh, unfortunately, it's uh, yeah, that's what happened yesterday. Mm. That's what's happening in this world, isn't it? It's one of those things where you where it, it, we're going to going to be affected by it more and more. I think. One of the great things about racing is it's continued all the way through, and the jockeys, on a whole, have done a wonderful job to to keep it going because they're basically the most important people in racing at the moment. Because without jockeys, 
we can't race. Yeah, and if the England team were getting tested in uh, Sydney at the moment, they'd be ready for the Sydney test by the Sydney time they got te- the results. Ma- oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, let's not go down this rabbit hole, boys. Um, <laughs> oh, mate, I've got to go for another one today. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, there's you a won't text be too on... far off from your second, Luke. No, I know. I'm not far away. Um, can't wait. Now, we've got a text on the line here. Uh, just a listener wanted to air a, um, a bit of frustration, I guess. Um, hey, boys, back casino lord yesterday. How sick... Um, do I stick or sack? Well, I think you've got to stick, haven't you, uh, Chris? After yesterday, he was very unlucky in that second race, the highway. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Just just when when Huey was ready to go, the gap shut, and I think the last the last hundred metres, if it was a if it was the last hundred and twenty metres, you probably you probably get the cash. So, um, horses that run well in highways generally keep running well in highways because of the restricted restricted field and probably won't get too much another you might get another half a kilo for that and you you'd think you could win with that weight so i think cody will be looking for another highway um probably at 1200 meters for him and i, th- I think he's he's the sort of horse that might be able to come back and win a highway then win, win a midweek maybe mm. Well, just think, you know, those people that are on Casino Lord, have a have a little bit of compassion for those people that are on Midsummer Rain at $41, but I, I won't sort of tell you who they could have possibly been. Hey, you kept that quiet on the panel Friday. Gee. Mm, $41. Yowch. Hey, there's a good story around that horse, boys, uh, Midsummer Rain. Cameron Crockett, uh, who trains, said that she actually ate a rope, and I'm talking a whole rope. It was this big mass in the, the horse's stomach, and she had that removed, and it's been a long process to get her back to the races. So he should be given kudos uh, for for getting her back in such great form because um, it was touch and go whether she was going to make it there for a while. I know you'd be familiar with that yarn, Chris. Uh, I think it was it was well, probably 12 months ago now that that occurred with Midsummer Rain. And you've got to ask yourself how on earth uh, she she was able to consume the entire rope. Uh, it's a, one of the real mysteries. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an incredible it's a incredible that you could get back at, back in performing at that level too. Like you know, we hear so many yeah. There's so many ways ways that horses horses can't reach their potential, but they come back and run like it did yesterday. Um, obviously, New Munsey was on it, so it, yes. it um, performed performed likewise and ran second. Question here for Dino in regards to Mark Holt um, in at Stony Creek today. I know that's outside the, the norm, Dean, of what we do on the program, but a listener just keen to get your thoughts there. I know this is a, a review show, but any thoughts on Mark Holt today? Uh, look, outside of the vagaries of Stony Creek, which is a most unusual track up and downhill, and uh, you've got to ride it the right way. You can get speared off on the home turn and lose four or five lengths. I think if Will Gordon has a bit of luck uh, Getting his way through traffic, uh, I, I couldn't imagine I'd ever want to take a dollar eighty-five about a horse at the creek, but he does look the most likely winner. Yeah, fair comment. And it's funny, every track has their own idiosyncrasies. You just mentioned there is it is Stony Creek, what a bit tight is it, where you you can get taken that little bit wider it's, than you want on the turn. Yeah, it's tight. Uh, it, it the camber's not that great on the home turn. Um, 
It's, it, look, if you do your speed maps and you've got jockeys that know how to ride it, uh, it can be a terrific track. But uh, I can't imagine that Will Gordon's done a lot of riding at the creek. And if he uh, starts to head off at the 600 four wide, he could end up uh, in someone's uh, <laughs> uh, tent or marquee at the top of the straight. So uh, he, he just got to stay in. You, you might think you're losing ground and then all of a sudden all the runs come and they, they get through. So, uh, yeah, it's the, the key to the, the creek's usually drawing well and and cutting through it's very much uphill the last 200 so it's not necessarily a mad leaders track because they uh, they get to the 200 and then they have to really climb so that last bit can be a, a long long part if you're on a leader but uh, you don't want to get speared wide on the home turn a stack of money for a thing in the first there dean dun Kerry. yeah, yeah I, I was surprised what price it opened up months uh, and uh, a little bit slow off the mark there uh yeah, I'd it's say drawn 14 but around about the four dollar mark yeah, it looks that way. Uh, yeah, 353, yeah, and uh, into about 270 now. Uh, hasn't got much to beat. It's got a wide draw, but that's one of the that's the best start at Stony Creek. 1700, they've got about 500 metres to the first turn. I think uh, Craig knew it. As he does, he'll probably send it, and uh, it'll put, probably end up outside the lead or will be very handy and be hard to beat. But, uh, yeah, but, um, it's... it's by Stony Creek standards, and because they've got the, the, the one-off meeting today, uh, they're the only meeting in town, it's, uh, it's quite a good meeting. Uh, now, Luke, I've got a community service announcement uh, here as well. Uh, for those people that are looking for the Ballina meeting today, Ballina, of course, is a transferred meeting from Mwillambar. Mwillambar was down to race today, but the track was ruled unsafe for racing, and the meeting has been transferred to Ballina, now, at this stage, the meeting is not appearing on the app or the website in New South Wales. Now, um, I'll give you the official uh, thing here. Race Day uh, are saying there are tech issues, and there was an issue raised this morning, and at this stage, they haven't been able to place it on the, the web or the app, but I think you'll find it is appearing on the Victorian app for some reason though it's not appearing on the new south wales website or uh the tab app in new south wales but that is the balance meeting and i can assure you that the meeting is open and yep, it's, an appear, it's appearing on the victorian place. app yep it, it is okay. doing yep absolutely prices are up yep all, all set to go yeah but we'll just have to pedal faster yep all right. so muns just for if you're in new south wales how do you bet on that meeting today uh, at this stage, or we can't, or they can't at the moment. Well, on your on your app, uh, on the app, uh, Luke, I'd say the easiest way for you, um, if you want to check the prices and everything like that, is change the jurisdiction on the app from New South oh, Wales yes. to Victoria. But yep. that won't be able that you won't be you won't allowed be to, bet. to bet through no, that no. with your New South Wales account. You'd probably have to ring uh, to have a bet. So if you're just checking the prices, um, it'll be available in the agencies. Um, You'd, you'd have to think, uh, but at 9.51, there wouldn't be that many open in, uh, this morning. But if you want to check the prices or anything, just change the jurisdiction on your app from New South Wales to Victoria, and then you'd have to ring to place a bet, I'd say, because uh, until they can actually place those uh, that meeting onto uh, the New South Wales system. Thanks for that, Munns. Uh, just on the Golden Slipper, guys, we were chatting about that bonus, um, and Munns, you gave us a little tease. Well, Brett Devine has... Uh, passed on a release to me uh, from the Australian Turf Club. Incentives have been announced for pathway races for the Group 1 $5 million Long Jeans Golden Slipper to be eligible. For a $1 million bonus, a horse must win 
any two of five nominated pathway races as the ultimate winning prize, the Group 1 Long Jeans Golden Slipper, $5 million at Rose Hill Gardens. So to be eligible in layman's terms, to just summarise that, you've got to win two of five pathway races, and those races are the Silver Slipper, the Sweet Embrace, the Skyline, the Riesling, and the Todman. So if you won those in the Slipper Muns, a $1 million bonus, which um, which is fantastic. Yeah, so there's still an opportunity there for races to be run prior to this and year's slipper, is that correct? I think you'll find the last horse to win do that was Farnham, so you've got to be an outstanding two-year-old to, to get that job done. No doubt. And the English uh, horror summer continues. They've all got negative tests, so they're uh, at the MCG. <laughs> You're not suggesting they were hoping they were. They could be. <laughs> <laughs> You've never I'm seen a group the... of more disappointed men in all <laughs> your life. They've trudged uh, onto the bus. Oh, dear. They're, they're no, bad, they'd be, they? they'd they're be bad. pushing the last couple on. Hundred percent. You meant to be one of the bowlers. You'd just be going, no thanks. Yeah, I know. A long day in the field. Danny's text and Channel, 7, and Channel Seven have some dropouts there in their commentary yes, team today. I've as well. noticed that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ricky, Ricky Ponting, Ricky Ponting, Mel McLaughlin, and Tim Lane are out. Are out. Yeah, yeah. No. Andy Marr. Surely and, Richo's uh, not doing anything. Is there any? Uh, <laughs> oh, he'll be there. Bob, <laughs> he's, he's on the day somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's there. Well, he, he, all of his mates are there. Alistair Nichols and Luke Hodge have been doing the big bash. They're there, so, uh, yeah, why not? Danny has texted us, guys, from Penrith. Just wanted to get the panel's thoughts on why Ha Ha Falls run yesterday. I think he was in the last, was he? Um, yes. He was. Go, you go first, Munns. What did you think of his run? Um, not the greatest run of all time in the last race there, and... Uh of course, he'd beaten Francesco Guardi at his last start, and Francesco Guardi came out to win at his next run there, but uh, was also a race dominated by horses up on speed. Uh, nothing sweet about me, the winner, and Caesar's Palace, and they came away after, you know, they I wouldn't say they went a 1,000 miles an hour in the last, and they bunched down the side there, and the, those two horses got away at around about the 400, and Caesar's Palace looked a, a certainty. Uh, to be able to be too good for nothing sweet about me. But the the Waterhouse uh, bot bone and muscle kicked in and nothing sweet about me held it in the finish there. So um, the rest of the... I know uh, Chris thought there was another one in that race there. Ran on all right. but um, And Casino Kid, of course, well, he's just getting to a stage where he, he's, he's like the other Casino. Um, casino Lord. They just tend to run on at the end of their races and they don't win at the moment. He got, he, he, he got trapped three wide riding that race early and sort of got overdoing it a little bit and it was a bit plain late so one of those one of those runs where has it has it come to an end of a preparation or where where they go now but I, I thought it was pretty disappointing considering I think it was something like four dollars fifty to three dollars at some point in betting so you know the, there was plenty of people who thought that the that it had that the measure of those including myself. Did you catch the last in Sydney yesterday, Dino, that favourite Why Ha Ha Falls? He was wide, but when you consider that the other two favourites finished down the track, maybe more was expected? Yeah, I just watched it then. Uh, yeah, probably uh, you would have thought uh, he'd go a little bit better than that, but uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I think I'd uh, got into the uh, cricket by that stage, Luke, so that's why mm. I'm just watching the replay now. Oh, that's sweet, mate. And this time of year too for you, Dino, would you would you just ease off a bit on your interstate form and just focus up on Melbourne when it's not carnival time or how do you handle it this time of year? 
Yeah, pretty much. I was, you know, obviously keen to watch uh, the horses that are probably heading towards the Magic Millions. Yep. Uh, I have a real interest in that. But uh, other than that, yeah, we've got uh, plenty of races here over the, the coming week that uh, I've got to cover. So, uh, yeah, I keep it uh, pretty, uh, you know, Victorian-centric at this stage. You mentioned at the top, Marabi, that won the Christmas stakes yesterday there at Caulfield. Uh, Jamie Carr got off and said, wow, this is a, a horse with any amount of talent and you mentioned that the ugly plate would be the the likely target she's now five from five how good do you think she is yeah well that was the with the uh they started a new summer series of sprinting races we've had the, the races but uh they changed the order of them so that there's a really good progression and uh, we had the kensington two weeks ago and then yesterday the christmas stakes two weeks to the standish two weeks to the australia stakes and then into the lightning or the uh, the oakley plate so uh the mrc put on yesterday that uh, if you won the christmas stakes you're exempt from the ballot for the oakley plate now with her rating being 82 before yesterday uh, for her to get into an oakley plate she basically had to win so it uh, it served a, a dual purpose and uh one, they got the win uh, at black type level, and two, she's now in the Oakley Plate, and uh, she's certainly good enough. Uh, she's uh, that was, uh, I mean, the closest margin she's had in a race, but she did all the work from the front, and uh, no slouch away game, you know, trying to run her down. And she was about, when you looked at it, I think she was about four kilos out of the handicap, uh, uh, Marabi yesterday. So it was a fairly significant class rise on what she'd done, and. Yeah, there's just, I mean, she's five-year-old and only having had her fifth start, uh, there's just a little bit of element of something very special about her, I think, because uh, she can just absorb pressure. That's what she's done all of her career and then really kick off it's, it. So, uh, no, she's exciting. Did uh, Sartorial Splendor give her a bit of a toe to the corner there and then she just kicked away and put him away, didn't she? Well, he did, but uh, when you look at where Sartorial Splendor and the other horse that was on pace finished, uh, Chris, yeah. they got beaten a long, long way. Um, he, you know, she might have had a good drag into the race. So that's the first time she hasn't led, but you just knew that she'd have the you know, capacity to, to take a, a sit and, and relax. So, yeah, Sartorial Splendor's got beaten 6.8 and Grandview Avenue 9.2. Uh, and they were yeah. the, the two that sort of led her and uh, away games come out of the pack and run, run well. Parsifal's a good stakes class horse. He's going to uh, yeah. Dubai for those um, races that I think ranked sort of between 95 and 110 or something. Uh, Will Clark has taken two horses over and Parsifal's one of them. And, and Rainbill ran very well and she's a recent stakes winner. So there's plenty to like about that and the, and the time was there to suggest uh, you know, she's you know, way above average and uh, would take her place in an Oakley plate and run really well. Yeah, and the way, way game gives you a pretty good reference to where she sits because she had her measure fairly easily. And fairly she's easily on target now for the Magic Millions because she's flying yeah. up for, uh, I think, probably the 1300 for the Mayors, I'd imagine, uh, and she's in good shape again. Yeah, I, I just thought the, that that idea now that race clubs are doing, like a, they did it with the Villiers with the Doncaster a few years ago to... to um, attract these horses to run in the summer and it really helps 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 people who go to the races at this time of year we get a lot of people going to the races because it's there's it's a great time to go to the races we need to show off some of our, our better horses or horses coming through so that when they go to the races in the autumn they go i saw that win on on boxing day i want to be with, i want to be with it again when not, not everyone does every bit of form and things like that but once people get attached to a horse they'll keep they'll keep an eye on it and that's probably what's going to happen if there's people having a family day at the races um yesterday they'll probably be come oakley plate day they'll be saying i know that horse i saw it win at one easily on boxing day
Yep, for sure. Uh, I'm oh. just checking, boys, when the if there's any early nominations for those uh, other Magic Millions races, uh, or whether or not it's just all the uh, the noms the on the, the normal yeah. day there. But uh, I think it's the normal day months. I think they don't take them until a week out or so. Yeah, the Magic Millions. Yeah, I'm just on there. Thing now, no, only the only um, pre not well, you know, early noms for yeah. the for the two year old and the three year old. The others will just be on the Monday. Yeah, just gone ten o'clock, boys. Uh, we might get your horses to follow. Dean, I'll start with you. Uh, yesterday, Luke, um, I thought that uh, a horse called Jager, a filly from Matt Ellerton's yard, she ran pretty well fresh, and yesterday just wasn't quite as fresh, and I think she's probably actually a 14 to 1,600-metre filly. She was only in 1,100 yesterday, so when she steps up in trip, and one in the last, a horse called Zoltan now with Simon Wilde, he's a New Zealand galloper, and a couple of times he just went to go for runs and had to stop, and he's only got beaten a couple of lengths, so I think with clear running he'd have gone very close to winning, and looking at his New Zealand form, he's probably better over a bit further too, so I think in the short term, uh, there are a couple of winners for us, Jagar and Zoltan. Glenn Munsey? Uh, I take that back, boys. Right at the last um, point in this Magic Millions, nominations close on Tuesday, January 4. At 11am, that's excluding the Magic Millions 2-year-old and the Magic Millions 3-year-old. Weights are declared the following Monday, January 10, and acceptances are due on the Wednesday, January 12. But the 2-year-old and 3-year-old Magic Millions are before that. So nominations close for Magic Millions Day on Tuesday, January 4. That means we'll have markets out on every race uh, as quickly as we possibly can, because I know we have had uh, all-in markets on the millions in previous years, so you'll have at least a week of um, all-in markets on Magic Millions Day. Uh, my two horses to follow, Luke, uh, Power of Attorney, who I had something on there yesterday at big odds, I thought he found the line all right, was only third up in a 2,000 metre race. He's a horse that, well, he, he hasn't won a race since basically 12 months ago on the Kenzo was 2,400, and I think he'll be able to stretch out to a distance at his next run. That was only a 72. So I think he'd be something to have um, an investment on in a 2,400 or similar, maybe even another 2,000 at his next run. And I thought too big Fari indicated yesterday he's back. He had a, um, he had a, a, I think a throat operation before uh, his first up run. His first up run behind El Buena wasn't too bad, and uh, was made a little bit of use off there yesterday. And I thought he boxed on very, very well. So I think he's back uh, with those two runs that he's shown this time in Too Big Fari. I think they're the two to follow out of the the program yesterday. Both will be good odds when they go around again. And Chris Roots. I thought um, Intuition was very good in the second last there. Mr. Start comes through. Poor Joyce in Queensland now. He's in the ownership of it. I think um, might, they've owned it very high originally. I think if they find the right race for it, it, it's just around the corner and probably go around double figures again. And the seat that Munton sits in when he gets on the plane 1A, um, <laughs> it, it ran third in the, um, in the last there. An on-speed dominated race come from back in the field. It's only had four wins, so I think Barb Joseph and the boys there, where Paul and Matt Jones, will be probably looking at a country championships with it. Like, seems like the right sort of horse. They might might be able to get another win out of it, and um, it has run second in a Mudgy Cup, so fourteen hundred wouldn't be any problem. So they might be looking at the Nara Heat in February with this horse.
out of a mare called Flying First Class and knowing some of the part owners there, mainly Brian Rudder and Maxie Whitby, if they don't sit in seat 1A and 1B, they won't be getting on the plane. <laughs> 100% Munz, you know what that's all about as well You run good, don't worry Turn left when you get on Luke, there's no point turning right <laughs> Boys, thanks so much for being a part of Punters Postmortem Dino, you have a good day mate, thanks for coming on again Terrific, thank you Luke Good man, and Glenn, um, I'll chat to you during the week no doubt uh, Yes Luke, I think we'll be looking at Gosford on Wednesday morning yep. uh, For the big meeting up there And uh, it's off to get a swab <laughs> Enjoy, mate. Uh, and Chris, uh, thanks for coming on Punters Postmortem this morning. No problems. Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope the next week brings everything they they usually want, a win in the cricket and um, a couple more winners on the track. 100%, mate. That's all, we, uh, all we're after in this caper, just getting the odd winner home, backing the odd winner. That's what it's all about. And thanks for your calls and texts as well this morning on Punters Postmortem. Stick around on Sky Sports Radio because after this, we're going to preview New South Wales racing today. The venues are Ballina and the Sapphire Coast.